Hello, everyone. This is the Awkward Christian Podcast designed for the less than graceful Christian witness. Welcome back to the Awkward Christian Podcast. This is season one, episode five, and my name is Stephanie, your host. I want to thank you all for those that continue to like, comment, subscribe, share with friends as I took some time off to just really be with my family and to love my family in a new way this season. They definitely needed a lot more of me this season and I feel very inspired. Um, Something that really stuck out to me this season is how to fight against lukewarmness and so i definitely have some words of encouragement and i want to talk about that in today's episode after that encouragement i want to follow that up with when sharing your faith goes wrong to be uninvited to christmas i want you guys to listen in on this story of an event that happened to me once then as always i have some resources books training conferences coming up I also have a very special spoken word poem by my close friend Ayana Mattress that I want to share with you that is always so encouraging to me. Of course, after that, we're going to jump into the world watch list. We are going to be wrapping up with the 40 through 50 most difficult places to practice Christianity. And last but definitely not least, we are going to close in prayer for our persecuted brothers and sisters and for one another. So stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And share with one person you know needs a little encouragement in their witness. Also, if you or someone you know is a missionary or planning a mission trip, we would love to hear from you and pray for you on this show. And if you would like to share a moment when sharing Christ went south in your life, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at awkwardchristians at gmail.com. Alright guys, jumping right in, I want to talk about what can we do in our fight against lukewarmness. I just kind of felt myself wrestling this week with kind of slipping into a place of kind of comfort and casualness about my uh, Christian faith and the message that we've been entrusted to carry the gospel. And I mean, I think it's something that we all kind of are subject to experience, particularly in the Western world. Um, You know, we're getting stimulus checks and the weather is getting nice and things are opening back up. And um, it just kind of becomes easy to kind of slip away from the urgency. And I kind of wrestled with that. I mean, I had some kind of ordinary things to accomplish this week, you know, school and baseball stuff with my kids and and I don't know, I just felt myself feeling a little bit disconnected from the the mission of Christ. And so uh, I sought God about it in prayer. And during my reading plan, I, I was shown this. Um, so I was covering Hebrews chapter 10. And um, I want to read to you guys verses 32 through 39. 
Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insults and persecuted. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrieks back. But we do not belong to those who shriek back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And and I was encouraged by that. I remember my first love when I first got saved. I was an atheist until I was 24. And so I thought I had made a pretty compelling argument against um religion in in general or you know theism the belief in god in general um but then specifically against christianity and so until i myself was completely humbled by god and he revealed to me his mercy his grace and a love that is truly everlasting and so since that day i've wanted to be his witness and i remember starting out the gate just on fire i mean just running um, running for the Lord and and so and it reminded me also of the the warning that we have in in the book of Revelations in chapter 2 verse 4 where he's encouraging the church to remember that first love um, and so I was reminded of that this week and you know I thought okay well when you're kind of in the the context or in the situation like I'm in where there's just so many other little things to get done you know, what is something that I can do now to stay connected and to stay pursuing um, reaching the lost with the gospel? And I don't want to over, I don't want to make it too overly practical because I absolutely believe it is, we're spiritually led by God. It is through the power of God that he makes his appeal to men through us. Um, but when I was kind of seeking, like, Lord, practically speaking, with my schedule and my children and with my husband's job and all these different things, that I feel kind of some boundaries because of what can I do and and so I thought um just some very practical things um how do we love well and serve well the lost what is a community or even an individual that's lost that you can serve well in this season you know is there a community cleanup project or a backyard bible study or just one-on-one -on -one discipleship that is tangibly close by. I, I, I long to go abroad and to, to reach people that have never heard. And yet, um, I do realize that there are so many opportunities right in front of us. And so I don't want to um, in any way diminish those opportunities that are right in front of us. Um, I actually had a very interesting, two interesting conversations with two young ladies. One is only uh, 11 years old. She turns 12 next month. And she is a believer, and she asked me how I felt about her studying the zodiac signs. 
um, she kind of wanted an apologetic answer like is is this okay to study do you believe these things are true and you know I was just kind of like okay well let's let's take a look together how does this align with what scripture tells us um, and so I was able to kind of walk her through like you know this is not a trustworthy source to learn about who you are you need to know about who you are from the one that created you not another created thing you know and so um but I saw that there's definitely a need to continue to disciple, especially these little ones. She is learning about zodiac signs in a public school. And um, and so this is, I, I realized that apologetics and being able to not only understand your Christian worldview, but to make a case for your worldview in the midst of all these other false teachings. Yeah, these kids, even at 11, 12 years old, they need this understanding. Um, the next conversation I had is, is with, um, a family member who just recently became an adult. She just turned 18 and I think I made the false assumption that she was a Christian. Um, she's gone to a Christian school. She's got Christian parents. Um, and so, but she, you know, I saw her and she lives pretty far, so I don't see her often, but I saw her and she had on a shirt that would be controversial. Uh, and it's very, very much antichrist, um, in celebration of things that we as Christians would, we would deter people from engaging in those activities. And so I took her for a walk and I just wanted to kind of see, you know, where her, you know, where her ideas were. And so, we, you know, I asked her if she could share with me the gospel, but to pretend I was someone that had never heard of it. Like I'm a foreign exchange student. I've just come into this country. I know that you go to a Christian school and that your family goes to church and they're always talking in the church about Jesus. Who is he? And her answer was so sad. Um, she could not explain who Jesus was or why anybody would need to follow him. And she has an idea that ultimately it's irrelevant. Um, the Bible was, is not very trustworthy these are her words the bible is not very trustworthy it's been translated too many times and from her perspective you know at her age she believes that there's no possible way we could know you know the original hebrew language and um and that evolution kind of rules out you know the need to understand god and so i, I was very discouraged and so i did end up um sharing with her the real gospel and you know helped her with just some of those answers um, but again, it showed me the real day-to-day -day opportunities that we have in order to help show people the truth. And so I implore you um, to continue to seek the Lord and ask him to reveal even one person around you who maybe lacks understanding. Maybe you have a piece of understanding that they need in their puzzle or someone that you can walk with one-on-one -on -one, or someone who just needs to be served in love. <laughs> And that will be the very door that softens their heart to hear the gospel. And so um, I encourage you to seek the Lord in that. Um, coming up next, we are going to jump into a article um, that I was very encouraged by this week. And also when sharing your faith goes wrong. So stay tuned. guys uh now paul alexander an author published on april 7th an article called ready to be resented and you can find this article at radical.net 
This so encouraged me this week. Um, I won't go into detail, but it is talking about the um, real persecution that we are, we should expect to experience as Christians. Um, and not just the physical violent persecution that we definitely see and, and, and learn more and more about around the world, but even the passive um, persecution that we would experience here. And this article talks about the things that are changing in this post-Christian world. And, you know, we're now celebrating, you know, transgenderism. And a friend of mine reached out to me and says that in, in her county in Georgia, they're, you know, even wanting to teach this transgenderism as early as preschool and kindergarten. And that the more we as Christians speak out against these things, um, the more we should expect to, to be persecuted in. Um, that the fight is even sometimes turning um, towards other Christians. And it's so strange because I was having a conversation about this not that long ago. And I was saying that, interestingly enough, majority of the people that I kind of engage and where it feels like I'm almost having to defend Christianity or to other people that claim to be Christians. Um, that, you know, say things like, well, you know, does God really say that we're supposed to do this or good guys really say we're supposed to do that? Or, you know, I don't judge people. I let people do whatever they want to do. And I'm kind of confused because it's like, are you are you missing the point that we're here to to warn people to compel them to be saved because there is a day of judgment? And, you know, talking to a lot of people, there's a lot of people that think that God is going to give everybody a pass in the end and that good works are really what he's counting. Um, and even some people that just believe that if I just live the best life I can live, even if I never acknowledge the sin in this world, that is more than enough evidence. Like, look at how good I do my job. That's enough evidence for you to want to turn away from all sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ. And so when I try to tell people that that's not what that's not what the, the New Testament is saying at all, um, nor is that the encouragement that we have to do that in Scripture, um, you kind of get into a little bit of an argument about it. And so I really think this is a great argument if you found yourself in that similar situation. Again, the article is called Ready to be Resented by Paul Alexander. Um, and it was published on April 7th, 2021. And you can find it on Radical.net. He also addresses the prosperity gospel and how that is really working against the truth of scripture. And again, you're going to find plenty of people that, you know, claim to be Christian and they're, they're sharing another gospel. And then when people are disillusioned by it, then you find yourself having to challenge what they were said and challenge the scriptures that they were given and help them to put things in context. And um, it just becomes a big old mess. But it was encouraged. I was encouraged that he was bringing this to light and such a great article. So I definitely encourage you to read it. Now, coming up next, when sharing your faith goes wrong, I want to share what happened to me a few years ago. So like I mentioned earlier, when I first got saved, I was just, I mean, I wanted to everybody to know. I mean, I just believed that the moment I shared about Jesus, everybody was going to get saved. They were going to immediately place their faith in Christ. Um, and I was, I was just so convinced. And so I just made a habit of sharing Jesus in like every conversation. Well, my family was not Christian. And I got very annoying to them very fast. The fact that I would bring Jesus into every conversation. I would joke with my husband. I feel like a one trick pony. I don't know what else to talk about with anybody else. I don't feel like anything else matters. Like, do they know that God is real? I was so excited about, you know, 
um, the fact that everything I thought about God was wrong. I was excited about that. I wanted them to know that we're, we're seeing this all wrong, guys, and God is good, and I just wanted them to know. And so um, after about maybe maybe a year and a half or so of sharing and trying to share the message of Jesus with my family. Um, we were getting ready for Christmas and it was still probably like in early November. And I remember, you know, my, me and my little sister had just gotten into an argument because she was kind of, you know, was trying to make a case about supporting idolatry or something like that. And was talking about worshiping a coffee cup or something. And I was just sharing about how that's just, it, it just makes no sense. And, you know, she calls my dad and my dad calls me the next day. and was like, hey, you know, I'm thinking maybe you should not come to Christmas this year. You know, we're just going to do something small and, you know, you should just stay down there with, you know, your kids and, you know, and we live a couple of hours away. So we we're going to make a trip up there to be with them for Christmas. And, um, and he was like, no, I think that, you know, that it was a good plan at first. I'm thinking it's a bad plan now. And so, yeah, you guys just stay down there this year. And I remember feeling so upset because looking at Christmas that day, it was like my whole family had come from out of town to be there for Christmas. And we were uninvited because they were so annoyed by the message that I was sharing. And I just wanted to share with you again, when sharing your faith goes wrong, it does not always end. And um, getting to witness someone kind of gloriously come from death to life because the power of God has worked right in that moment um and I remember just crying I just cried myself to sleep you know a couple of nights in a row after that because I was just so upset that they just not only did not want to hear but they didn't even want to have a Christian Christmas you know it's like you guys don't even want to know what you're celebrating and so I just wanted to share with you guys that funny story now they have now since become very open to the message of the gospel and you know I've been able to read through the gospels with my dad and um, talk to my sister about who Jesus is all the time now and so but like I said that was a couple years ago and it took a couple of years so you keep praying and fighting for your family um, it's not over until it's over all right guys coming up next we got some resources some books I have a great spoken word poem that I want to share with you guys so you guys stay tuned we'll be right back Hey guys, I just want to remind you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, if you would like to be featured on When Sharing Your Faith Goes Wrong, please remember to email us at awkwardchristians at gmail.com. Also, if you are a missionary or you know someone who is a missionary or is planning a mission trip, we would like to come alongside and to support you. So please send us an email and let us know your plans so that we can pray for you and share about you on our show. Again, that's awkwardchristians at gmail.com. All right, guys, now on to our resources, books, and upcoming conferences. So first, most urgently, if you have not yet registered for Secret Church, you need to gather your fiery believers and register at, at Secret Church. Um, David Platt does an extensive um, six to seven hour teaching where he kind of strips away a lot of the kind of comforts of the Western world and kind of shows us what it's like to experience church as if you were being persecuted or underground. It's a 
a remarkable experience. You go through so much teaching. Um, I definitely would encourage you to sign up and sign up quickly because you want to be able to receive your workbook in time. So again, if you have not yet registered for Secret Church, I definitely encourage you to visit uh, Radical or SecretChurch.com um, so that you can register as soon as possible. Up next, there is a conference coming up by Mission Nexus, uh, Mission Nexus 2021. Um, the date is not until September 22nd through the 24th. It's gonna be hosted in person in Dallas, Texas this year. And so if you are a planner and you wanna get ahead of it, or you know maybe it helps you kind of with your finances to kind of prepare for that in advance. Again, Mission Nexus is hosting a missions conference this year, September 22nd through the 24th in Dallas, Texas. Now we are a missions-minded podcast. And so if you've been thinking about how you can start preparing yourself um, for a world of missions, you want to kind of get your feet wet, you want to do some more training, you want to be um, more hands-on in person. Well, if you will visit globalfrontiermissions.org, they have a one, three, and summer-long internship program I want to tell you about. So the first program, um, you can have three to 25 people. It's $50 a person, and it is a one-day tour of missions. And you actually meet in Clarkston, Georgia. So that's right outside of Atlanta. Um, then they also have a three-night, so Thursday through Sunday, missions journey. And that's $260 a person. And then they also have a summer long internship program that they are taking applications for now. So again, if that sounds like something that you have been longing to participate in, if that sounds like an environment that you can learn in, again, visit globalfrontiermissions.org. All right, now some books that I recently got, I'm so excited about. Uh, one was recommended by the leader of our home group at our church. Um, it's called Slave by John MacArthur, and it's exploring the hidden truth about being um, a slave to Christ, your identity in Christ as his very slave. This is such an eye-opening book and really kind of I don't know. I just feel like it, it definitely leads you to want to obey Christ in a whole new way. Again, the book is called Slave by John MacArthur. It also comes with a study guide. And so if you have a group of people or a book club and you guys want to just get each other stirred up in obedience, this is the book for you. Um, the next book, I just got it. I haven't even cracked it open yet, but I'm so excited about it is called Urban Apologetics, Restoring Black Dignity with the Gospel by Eric Mason. And I'm so excited about this. I was talking to a friend of mine, actually my home group leader, and um, he feels just very passionate about the urban community and um, the black communities. And I was saying that, you know, a lot of times, you know, we don't really have a lot of resources that kind of help you understand the just little different religious sects and cults that kind of has sprung up within the black community specifically. You know, how do we engage, you know, the, you know, radical black Hebrew Israelites or the five percenters or the, you know, Garveyites or all, all these different worldviews, you know, Rastafarians, a lot of times it's not like a one concrete source that you can kind of go through to kind of take a, a 30,000 foot view of what other people believe. Um, and so, but this book is ex exactly just that. I'll read you what the back says. 
It says, combat false teaching in the black community. For centuries, millions of people in the black community have found meaning in the restoration of their dignity in the black church. Yet today, many young African Americans are disinterested in Christianity and are leaving the church in search of more ethnically indigenous spirituality. They are increasingly attracted to the black conscious community, uh, groups like the black Hebrew Israelites, black atheism, the Egyptian um, Kemetic spirituality, the practitioners of African mysticism, where the revisions of history, the conspiracy theories, and the misinformation about Jesus and Christianity are rampant. And so I'm just, I'm so excited about this. Um, this is definitely gonna be something that I keep in my toolbox. Um, particularly as I, I find myself always, you know, running into people and I feel like this is going to help me in my equipping um, in order to engage them with the gospel. Uh, the next book that I want to recommend is called The Questions Christians Hope No One Asked Them with Answers by Mark Mittenberg and or I'm sorry, Middleburg. And again, another apologetics book, but it kind of covers more general topics, you know, about evolution and um, about suffering and so both of these I find to be very helpful in witnessing um, the more you you know kind of read the more I feel like you know you're able to kind of really draw from in these conversations and the more they just kind of become kind of committed to memory and so I definitely encourage you to start building yourself a small library of apologetic books because we are definitely facing a generation that has questions and um as the good book says we all want to be ready to have uh, an answer um in defense of why we believe and so i definitely encourage you i also want to do a giveaway i have a lot of books in my library and so i'm still kind of figuring out how i want to arrange that giveaway so you guys stay tuned for that all right coming up next i have a spoken word poem by ayana mattress that i want to share with you called the good news now you can find ayana's um Facebook page at Ayana Mattress at Facebook. You can also find her on Instagram. I'll leave a link on our Facebook page and on our Instagram page. Um, I'll also leave a link to her YouTube channel where you can find archives of different spoken word poetry. I want you guys to enjoy this and be as blessed by it as I am. Listen to this. Call me Paul, because I don't care if you lock me up for preaching the gospel. Got knocked off my high horse, rerouted on God's course, and now I'm using my voice to gather lost souls. Gave my life to Christ, stopped rolling, called it Coney, because it's case closed. Somehow you still doubt if Jesus rose, but I bet you he not in that tomb, though. It's empty, just like your reasons for not reading the words to fine-tune your spiritual being. Don't look at me sideways, start believing that he gave his life to cover your sins, even though you committed treason. You weren't even worthy enough to enter the kingdom, but God loved you so much that he gave his sin to offer you eternal freedom through his bleeding. But you're still not reading? There's absolutely no way we can uphold the Ten Commandments through our own ability. That's why God himself looked at us and said, listen, they need for me to come through the earth legally birthed by a woman naturally. And behold, we have Mary, who carried the King of Kings in her womb supernaturally, brought in the earth Jesus Christ to correct the fall of man by Adam, a casualty. He healed, delivered, taught, preached, loved, corrected, hung on a tree for you and me, took back the keys, rose from the dead in three, and ultimately paid the price on our behalf in the return to the King. Oh, but did I mention, he sent the Holy Spirit to intercede so we can have access to our Father thus completing the holy trinity so now we have help to follow god's ways always rely on yahweh stay on my imago day until the end of days i don't know about you but see i do what the bible say 
Yes, I fall short, but the key word here is repentance. Every single sin we commit resulted in the death sentence. So we acknowledge our mistakes and ask the Father for forgiveness. And thankfully, he forgives us and throws our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. How can we forget all this? Yeah, that's right. Too caught up in the affairs of this world. Instead, we should be consumed by the cares of his word. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And share with one person you know needs a little encouragement in their witness. Also, if you or someone you know is a missionary or planning a mission trip, we would love to hear from you and pray for you on this show. And if you would like to share a moment when sharing Christ went south in your life, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at awkwardchristians at gmail.com. All right, guys, we are approaching the last 10 countries on the world watch list, 50 most dangerous places to be a Christian. Again, this is published on opendoorsusa.org if you'd like to take a look at it and click on each country and get a better understanding of what each um, country is battling with, how the Christians are affected in that area. I definitely encourage you to visit opendoorsusa.org to find out more. I would also encourage you to take the pledge to continue to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. Jumping in at number 40, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. They are experiencing what's called Islamic oppression. They are located in the region of Africa and their dominating religion in this area is Christianity. Number 41, Kazakhstan. They are under what's called dictatorial paranoia. They're located in Central Asia, and the dominant religion in this part of the world is Islam. Number 42, Cameroon. Cameroon Christians are experiencing Islamic oppression. They are located in Africa, and the dominant religion in this part of the world is Christianity. Number 42, Bhutan. Bhutan is under religious nationalism. They're located in Asia, and the dominant religion in this country is Buddhism. Number 44, Oman. Oman is experiencing clan oppression. They're located in the Middle East, and the dominant religion in this part of the world is Islam. Number 45, Mozambique. Mozambique is experiencing Islamic oppression. They're located in Africa, and the dominant religion in this country is Christianity. Number 46, Malaysia. Malaysia is experiencing Islamic oppression. They're located in Asia, and the dominant religion is Islam. Number 47, Indonesia. Indonesia is also experiencing Islamic oppression. They're also located in Asia, and their dominant religion is Islam. Number 48, Kuwait. Kuwait is experiencing Islamic oppression. They are located in the Middle East, and their dominant religion is Islam. And 49, Kenya. 
Kenya is also experiencing Islamic oppression. They're located in Africa, and the dominant religion in this country is Christianity. Number 50, the last on our list, is Comoros. Comoros is experiencing Islamic oppression. They're located in Africa, and the dominant religion in this country is Islam. So this is the end of our look at the list as a whole. However, we will absolutely take time to maybe look at each country a little bit more specifically and pray more specifically for each country as the episodes unfold. Stay tuned next for prayer. Father, we come before you, Lord, into your gates with praise and thanksgiving. Lord, we have seen the work of your hands, Lord, this week, this day, and every day, Lord. We have seen the way that you have transformed our lives, the lives of our loved ones. Um, We've seen the growth um, in our own families, Lord, and in our churches. Uh, We've seen you develop, Lord, your people. Um, making us more and more like Christ each day. We've seen you draw people, Lord, by your spirit and with your word, Lord, um, into your own family. And so, Lord, we say thank you, and we just glorify you for everything that you have done. Lord, we can never praise you enough, um, but we do want to join you in inviting the nations to praise you. And I just pray, Lord, and join my heart with the believers around the world, even you, O King, who is in constant prayer and intercession for us as our high priest, that more and more people would believe this very day and that today would be the day of salvation for so many. And I pray that those that you are impressing upon um, their hearts with the good news of the gospel, I pray that their hearts would not grow hard, but Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that those hearts would be softened, ready and prepared to completely submit their lives to you because you are good. And I pray that they see that, they believe that, um, and that they cling to you in that way, Lord. Right now, Lord, we want to come into agreement and lift up our brothers and sisters around the world, Lord, who are experiencing persecution of many kinds. Lord, you know each one of them personally. You know each nation, Lord, as you are the one that establishes nations. You know even every oppressor of your church, Lord, um, each one by name, and you've given each one the breath of life. And so, Lord, we pray even even with the things that we don't know, and we have so much, Lord, um, that we remain ignorant to. We know and pray in faith that you know all things, all people. And so I pray that you would um, hear our petitions on the behalf of our brothers and sisters and that you would answer in ways, Lord, that just reveal your glory and your magnificence, Lord. And so right now we want to start with the Dominican Republic of the Congo. And I pray that you would bring these believers comfort, peace, resources, and guidance. Um, Lord, I pray that even though they are experiencing affliction, I pray that the church, which is largely Christian in this country, I pray that they would be united, um, loving one another all the more. Uh, I pray for the believers in Kazakhstan who um, are experiencing oppressive government, and I pray that 
um, you would continue to make them bold and courageous. I pray that they would have a knowledge and a confidence that you, Lord, are a final authority and that every government must submit themselves to you. I pray, Lord, that they, Lord, their labors, Lord, would um, yield fruit and more believers and that they would be encouraged by seeing people come from death to life, their own family even. I pray for the believers in Cameroon. I pray that like the Dominican Republic, these Christians would be strong, um, fruitful, um, powerful together, um, praying for one another and praying even for their persecutors. I pray that the word would be preached boldly to them and that it would encourage them. Just as you encourage the church of Thessalonica through Paul's letters. Um, as they were experiencing persecution, I pray that these believers would be encouraged by those very same words. Um, We pray, Lord, for the believers in Bataan, Lord, that are experiencing religious nationalism and that are engaging and counting a world that um, only recognizes Buddhism. And I pray that you would give them the words to say that you would help them, Lord, to reveal the mystery that is Christ um, to a blind world. I pray that you would open the eyes of their persecutors' understanding, softening their hearts. And I pray, Lord, that they would be satisfied in knowing um, that there is a living God and that you can know him. Um, Lord, I pray that you would continue to strengthen these believers, making them um, wise and loving, and that you would grant them peace. Lord, we pray for the believers in Oman that are experiencing clan oppression in the Middle East. And I pray, Lord, that... um, that those that are oppressing them would turn from evil, that they would um, experience a deep sense of conviction and that you would impress upon their hearts that it is you, Lord, that they are persecuting. And I pray that the believers would be strengthened, would be encouraged, that you would show us how to continue to love and to care for them and to meet their needs. Um, I pray that you would give us wisdom, Lord, on how we can reach out to our brothers and sisters that are experiencing clan oppression and continue, Lord, to shepherd them and guide them and make them a strong people. Lord, we pray for the brothers and sisters in Mozambique and those that are experiencing Islamic oppression, Lord, these um, these organizations that are coming and wreaking havoc and terror within um, your people's community, Lord, I pray that the Christians will be strong and bold and courageous and confident, Lord, and that they would know that your return is soon and you will not delay. As we read today, I pray that they would be encouraged by your word, by your spirit, by the love and the prayers of believers around the world. I pray that you would give us, Lord, the, the clarity and wisdom to know how to reach out to them and encourage them. Um, and to continue to pray for them. Lord, we pray for the believers in um, Malaysia that are also experiencing Islamic oppression. Lord, we pray that you would uh, strengthen them, Lord, with your righteous right hand, cover them as a shield, go before them, Lord. We pray that you would block all the attacks of the enemy against your people, that you would continue, Lord, to Um, give them wisdom and revelation and strong leadership and confidence in your word. I pray that their oppressors, um, even as they read their Qurans, would be confused, Lord, um, by this false teaching and that they would see you and they would desire to know that Jesus, the Christians know. Um, 
And I pray also for the believers in Indonesia. I pray their strength and their confidence and their boldness in the face of Islamic oppression. And I pray that the persecutors, again, would have a knowledge of you. I pray that you would reveal yourself through visions and dreams and that you, Lord, would develop a hope, Lord, that they are no longer in slavery to the law, but that they can be free from the law through faith in Jesus Christ. And so I pray that they would turn from uh, leaning to their own understanding and turn to the true and living God. And I pray for those also in Kuwait. Lord, I continue to pray for resources to be made available to your people. I pray that you would lead us and guide us, Lord, on how to rally together around our brothers and sisters and those that are experiencing Islamic oppression. I pray that they would be unified. Um, I pray that um, those that are living in this country would know, Lord, they would see the church's love for one another and they would know that you are the one that the Father has sent. And so I pray that they would be in loving um fellowship with one another, continuously sharing resources with one another. And I pray that they would be bold and confident until the very end. And I pray for the believers in Kenya, um, Lord, who are experiencing the terror of Al-Shabaab and their attacks. And as they move further south, I pray that these Christians would be strengthened by your word, would be confident that they would feel um, a sense of readiness because you never leave them nor forsake them. Lord, you walk among them. You go before them. You're a shield unto them. I pray, Lord, against the spirit of fear. Um, I pray, Lord, um, that, Lord, you would uproot any false teachers within Kenya and that, Lord, that you would raise up your leaders that are preparing your people for the days to come, Lord. um, And I just pray that these Christians, Lord, would um, continue, Lord, to walk in love and fellowship and continue to boldly proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And I pray for those in um, Camarose, that are experiencing Islamic oppression, that they also would be encouraged, Lord, by your grace, by your power, by your spirit, that they would preach the gospel with boldness and demonstration, and that they would be protected from the evil one. Lord, protect all your people from the evil one, Lord. Um, I thank you, Lord, that you are a good and sovereign king. And Lord, we just trust, Lord, in um, your goodness towards us, your shepherding, Lord, us as your very own sheep. And I just thank you, Lord, for each one of these believers, each one of the faith that you've given them. And I just pray, Lord, for us here in the Western world that nothing would hinder our faith and our proclamation of the gospel. We are not under the same types of oppression that these believers are. And so I pray that, Lord, we would all the more um, expend our lives and our resources for the sake of your kingdom, that nothing would hinder us. You would make us bold going forth obeying you the great commission to proclaim the gospel in every nation um, making disciples of all nations and teaching these new believers to obey all that you've commanded and that we would do this um, while you're with us until the very end of the age and so i just thank you lord that your return is near and lord i thank you lord for just a better world to come and i just thank you lord for all that you've done and all that you ever will do in jesus mighty name we pray amen